Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk radio show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I have guests who discuss some of the most novel, interesting, and challenging issues that business owners and employers face during these trying times. And in that spirit, I'm very pleased tonight to welcome our guest, Night, Miss Jamie Vanek. Jamie, welcome to the show. And you're on mute, by the way. I want to let you know so you can unmute. Um, good to have you. Hi, good evening, Eric. It is very exciting to be here. Um, I know you and I have some mutual connections, so I'm so glad that you bring this to the community, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So thank you. Yeah, sure thing. You're welcome. You know, I know that um, we often post this heads up in the 4% Breakthrough Group, Facebook group run by Dr. Lance Knob of Denali Consulting, and um, he often tunes into the show and shares it. And I know we have other uh, connections in common as well. So it's really good to be here tonight. You know, we have a great topic, and I want to share with our audience tonight, you know, what our topic is, and then I'll give an introduction of you, and then we can maybe start our question slash conversation. Sounds great. All right, let's do it. So our topic tonight for the show is buried in business, stepping up your admin game. And really we're talking about the fact that if you check work emails on your days off, you're answering calls after hours, if you waste time fighting fires or overcompensate for inefficiencies, then you might be buried in business. And the solution is hidden in your administrative team. Now, as a business owner and a manager, you know admins necessary, but you might be leaving valuable talent and potential on the table. So Buried in Business can help you reclaim your freedom by elevating your admin. So tonight, join me and my guest, Jamie Vanek, to discuss her innovative Adminovate model and a framework that supports your business scalability and legacy. Through building and refining an admin team that is effective and efficient, your company is postured for growth. We will also address the gender stigmas around administrative assistance, which keep companies and their employees stuck. And we can explore how to take one's business to the next level. And when I mentioned Buried in Business, I'm, it's a nod to Jamie's book, which is Buried in Business, Find Freedom by Unlocking the Power of Your Admin Team. So with that topic in mind, folks, talking about something up your admin game, I thought I'd give Jamie a more proper um, introduction here. <clears throat> And as mentioned, our guest tonight is Ms. Jamie Vanek, who made the unexpected career leap from teaching to construction in 2007 and discovered a passion for project management and team leadership. As a female leader in the construction industry, Jamie sees stereotypes and stigmas around supporting roles every day. She's been featured in Construction Business Owner, Construction Executive, Thrive Global, and other digital publications about breaking glass ceilings and leading in a male-dominated industry. Jamie has taken a deep dive into small business experiences, stories, statistics, and strategies to formulate a framework for managing administrative functions. Jamie is passionate about breaking down barriers and creating opportunities. It's really time to rethink administrative support. And by clarifying the admin functions and redefining traditional roles, leaders can leverage potential in their business to grow stronger, which is the focus of Jamie's book, Buried in Business, Find Freedom by Unlocking the Power of Your Admin Team. Mm -hmm. All right, so 
said a said a lot there. And um, and Jamie, you know, the first question I ask every guest, but I'm really curious to know, like our audience and listeners to know, is tell us a bit more about yourself. Like mainly, how did your career initially start out, and then what prompted you to become a leader in the construction industry and to focus on redefining the administrative assistant model? Yeah, well, thank you for that introduction. And this is probably the question I get asked most often. How did I go from being an art teacher in an elementary school to mm -hmm. leading a construction company? So it's an interesting story. Um, I won't spend too much time going through every little detail, but let me give you a little bit of background here. So I grew up right outside Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Um, and when I was in high school, I had this passion for art. So I'm going to be an artist and I'm going to go to art school. It's going to be so fabulous, like all of the you know wonderful aspirations that you have when you're 16 years old. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I did go to art school. Um, but as you know, I grew a little bit older and wiser and realized, hey, I, I might not be um, able to make a living off of my art right out of uh, the college. So I might as well go ahead and teach it. So that's what I did. Um, seemed like a very logical thing to do. If you can't do it, you teach it. And so I made I made a decent living doing that for a few years. Um, about three years later, my fiance at the time joined the United States Navy and was relocated. So that uprooted us from Pennsylvania down to Virginia. Um, and when we did that, of course, I took my credentials and I took my experience as a teacher. I translated them down to Virginia and I took a position as a middle school teacher. Mm. And this is when I realized Teaching is not my passion. <laughs> you yeah. have to be so passionate about teaching if you're going to teach middle school students. Um, and I have a middle schooler, so I, I totally understand. I empathize with all of the, the parents and the teachers out there. But I really wasn't doing, I was doing a disservice to both myself and my students and the parents by teaching when it just really wasn't fulfilling for me. It wasn't my passion. We need passionate teachers. We need excellent teachers. Um, I was good but I was not passionate or excellent. So mm -hmm. I decided to step back from teaching and that's when I kind of hit my quarter life crisis in my mid twenties and said, well, I spent all this time and effort getting my credentials and teaching, what am I gonna do now? Mm -hmm. um, and that led me to enroll with an employment placement agency. They placed me in, placed me in a few different places. The mm -hmm. very first one that they placed me in was this large corporation, I won't, say any names or anything, but it was a large corporation in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I arrived, it was this beautiful glass building. I went in with a security fob and went up to the third floor, which was an accounting floor all, and I was assigned to accounts payable. So as this temporary employee, didn't have any finance background whatsoever. They said, mm -hmm. oh, well, you've got a degree, go ahead and approve some invoices. Mm -hmm. So I spent hours just scouring these pages and pages of part numbers. Mm -hmm. And the part numbers didn't mean anything to me. It was just match the part number with the order and get the approval. And that's all there was to it. Very, very tedious. Mm -hmm. um, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do, but that was my introduction to project management because part of the invoice approval process was to call the project managers and get their approval. Mm -hmm. And it was this very interesting dynamic because here I was as a temporary employee um, on the third floor with all the other accounting people and up on the fourth floor were these project managers. Never saw them, not even once in the same wow. building. We didn't go up to their floor. We had to call them and ask for their approval. And they were always so busy doing other things, they were never available. Mm. So they had an assistant and the assistant could speak on their behalf. <clears throat> and it was just so very intriguing because here were these mysterious people that I'd never met, right. but they had the power 
to approve millions of dollars on these invoices. Mm -hmm. And the project managers were too busy to take the time to do the approval. And that was my introduction to project management. Granted, I still didn't know what exactly they did, but I found it so very intriguing. Yeah. Um, a week later, I was fired. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> okay. It was, it, that was an interesting, um, an interesting situation, but really I was not happy there, you know, just yeah. approving the invoices obviously is very tedious. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I recognized that they recognized it. I was a little bit too inquisitive about what those project managers were doing and they decided, eh, she's not a good fit. Mm. Um, yeah. But a few weeks later, I was placed with a construction company. And this time, instead of arriving at this very sophisticated glass building, it was literally a little tiny ranch house. Yeah. Um, that they converted into an office and it was so quaint and it was so welcoming. When I went through the front door, I met everyone from the project managers to the owner mm -hmm. and it felt like home. Yeah. And granted, this was another temporary position, but I knew that that was the type of company that I wanted to work for. Right. And fortunately that two week placement grew into four years. And that's where I really got the experience to work with project managers um, to come up through con the construction industry in administration, but then make the leap into operations and, and project management. So that was my first opportunity um, in construction. I fell in love with the industry, but more importantly, I fell in love with the people. Mm -hmm. Just very down to earth people, people that love to share their knowledge. And mm -hmm. that's what sent me on the trajectory throughout construction. Since then, I've been with multiple companies. I've been yeah. with my current company now for 10 years, um, working through project management up into the executive team. Yeah, it's an interesting story, you know, it really is because it is interesting how you went from an art teacher to the construction industry. And I like that progression, you know, it's like non life, life is often so nonlinear. You know, in terms of like having a passion and then kind of being stuck in that sort of in-between space where you're, you know, down in Virginia, move move to a new place. And, you know, that one week job that is, I guess, one of those things is like a blessing, right? In a way, it's like, oh, right. you know, you're fired. Oh, I'm sorry. And congratulations at the same time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the way it, it sounds like it opened you up to understanding about project management or it got your curiosity going and then like paved the way. I've seen, I've met so many people over the years who say, you know, I'm an executive business coach. I started out as an airline stewardess and um, it led me to, you know, talk to people in first class who describe their experiences all the time to me. And then I realized that, you know, I could coach them. And so I've heard so many stories of like someone getting from point A to like W and without B, C, D, E, F, G. And it just, it's fascinating to me, you know? So, um, you know, glad to hear that you found your passion and, and worked your way up. And I think it's so important to follow that passion. You know, I mean, the tedious job, um, it's not for everybody, right? That really needs something to like fulfill you. So um, I can relate, you know, with, but thank you for that. Um, it's a good, you know, good intro. You know, we, believe it or not, um, we're actually at our very first commercial break coming up in about a minute. So but I'd take it now that way we can um, start off with a question and our discussion when we get back. So I'll just let everyone know that you are uh, listening to or perhaps watching Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, Employment Law Business Law Attorney. And our guest tonight is Ms. Jamie Vanek, um, operations and a leader in the construction industry. When we get back, I'm going to ask Jamie, we're going to talk more about what are some of the problems with the traditional administrative assistance model that she sees in business today? And what are some steps that Jamie's taken to help correct that? So stay tuned. Let's talk with NYC. We'll be right back. 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Our guest tonight is Jamie Vanek, and we're talking about this issue of stepping up in your admin game if you're buried in business. And, you know, Jamie, I want to first thank you for sharing, like, your career trajectory, and I think it gives hope to people listening. Some might be, let's say, uh, creating a startup. Maybe they're in between jobs. In the meantime, they're working 10 positions they don't really feel at home with or comfortable with, but... Um, others might be perhaps in between some career transition, watching the show tonight, and to know that something that might seem as if it's a dead end could have a silver lining, you know, could lead like your, that short term job you had that led you to be intrigued about construction. And also, I love that story about, you know, the third and fourth floor, like the two kind of worlds don't meet, you know, it's almost like the first class curtain, again, to go back to flying, you know, first class and uh, I guess coach and business class. Um, so interesting to note. And it kind of brings me to my to a question I have, which is, what are some of the problems with the traditional administrative assistance model that you see in businesses today? Yeah, that's it's really interesting that you bring up um, pivots and career and people who may have started as an airline stewardess and then turned into a business coach. Because number one, we're going through this very interesting time in the last few years mm-hmm. about people who are doing a lot of career pivoting. And there are also a lot of startups. Um, There are more small businesses and there are large businesses and they make up more than half of the employment in the United States. And so small business is a it's a huge topic. And you ask me what the problem I see in um, administration, the way that we manage administration, small businesses. 
-hmm. And that's where I started to explore um, what I've been working on my passion project for the last year or so. So the last several years, I've been working with small businesses, construction companies, and I've worked with a lot of leaders in these companies um, where there is this disconnect between operations and administration. And the leaders end up getting buried in the business. And what I mean by that is they end up getting, they're, they're not managing their time correctly. They don't know how to delegate the, mm. the um, tasks correctly. And so my passion is to dismantle the stigma around administration, to rethink the way we're managing admin and small businesses and to restore respectability. And mm. what ends up happening that I've seen in a lot of small businesses, you have someone that wants to start a business, which mm. is awesome. Mm -hmm. However, what they want to do is make the product or do the service. They yes. don't want to actually do the business administration that is necessary to keep a business thriving. Mm -hmm. So they come far enough along in their business that they're ready to hire some support. They realize they need some help. Okay, we're gonna hire an admin assistant or some sort of office manager or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. They hire the second person <clears throat> and all of the messy, crap gets dumped on this admin or this office manager or the assistant, whatever they want to call them, whoever the mm -hmm. second person is, they just get dumped all this mess on. And in the beginning of a startup, it actually is very exciting because you get to be involved in so many aspects of the business and that do whatever it takes kind of gusto is really yeah. exciting, Yeah. but it's not sustainable, nor is it scalable. Right. So there has to come a time where you realize, okay, this is not sustainable. We're going to burn somebody out and we may need some additional help, or we may need to rethink the way we're managing our second in command or our second hire. Um, and that's where I started rethinking administration because administration is where I found my opportunity. Yeah. And I wish that more people had the opportunity to find growth through administration, but unfortunately there seems to be a lower ceiling in administration than there is in some other um, departments. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I being an employment law, business law attorney, working with small businesses a lot, um, Jamie, and small employers, I can totally see what you're talking about. I can see the, either first they're overworked doing it all on their own, and then they hire somebody, but they really need four people and they have one person. And I think, you know, whether they're um, understaffed and admin, meaning there's nobody doing it except for the person or there's one person doing the admin and the administrative assistance. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, companies that, right, they can't really scale. It's not sustainable. You're right. Um, it's, you know, unless you, even if you did try to burn the midnight oil every day, you know, you just couldn't grow without that support. And I think it's a lesson that, you know, a lot of people learn on their own. Um, but you talked also about kind of that that stigma and how there seems to be a ceiling with admin assistance. Are you referring to a ceiling in terms of that people view it as sort of a, a dead end type position? Like you start as an admin, you know, you retire with the gold watch as an admin and you don't move up from that? Is that the, is that the ceiling you talk about or something else? There, There's a little bit of that going on. Um, and a lot of that stems from the way that we view administration. We hear yeah. the phrases, oh, he or she is just an admin, mm. or there's an administrative burden. I mean, if your job is viewed as a burden, mm. how empowered do you feel? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, not at all. So that's the first that's the first step is we have to rethink the way that we're um, thinking about administration, dismantle that stigma that it's just admin, that it's something that anybody can do. Because, yes, the individual tasks that fall on the administrative assistant 
might not be that difficult, but where their power really lies is the way that they can organize information, the way they, they can present information, their mm -hmm. efficiency and their effectiveness in how they do that information. So yeah. people get stuck in looking at an individual task saying, well, it's not that hard, but mm -hmm. they're missing the big picture and the real value and power that is in administration about the organization and presentation and efficiencies mm -hmm. that can really lie in there that need to be unlocked for people to be able to elevate themselves out of the day-to-day -day and elevate their business. It's an interesting point, it really is. You know, I think that you're right. It's like if you look at one singular task broken down or each task in a vacuum, it one might be tempted to say, well, this is pretty easy and it's not super hard, not, not rocket science, you know, but but there are certainly skills involved with being able to juggle, to balance, to you know, to manage, right, to keep track of. I mean, you know, you as an uh, admin assistant in that company for that week, right, where as you mentioned, you'd be able to approve an accounts payable. Right, or accounts receivable, you know, hundreds of, or millions of dollars worth of invoices. Um, and, um, but I think you're right that, you know, there is some, uh, a skill that needs to be sort of respected and owned and honed as well. Um, so I think it's just a really good point. I think it, it's good that we should address that, you know, and I think it also kind of leads me to a similar question talking about, you know, the stigma. We're talking about gender and, um, uh, and gender inequality. I'm wondering, you know, it seems that like we know that administrative roles like secretary and aide tend to consist of more women than men in a lot of industries. And so I'm just wondering, is this disproportionate ratio, is that where the gender bias lies? Or is the problem, maybe you allude to this a bit, the way in which companies may limit the role and input of their mostly female admins? I think you were going down that road a moment ago, right? Yeah, I think I think both are true. Yes, and they are both true. Part of the gender stereotype, I think, is systemic. Um, it's going to take a lot more than just, oh, let's hire a male in this role or let's hire a female in this role. It's going to take a little bit more than that. But the statistics still don't lie. Construction is an interesting industry because we trail behind other industries when it comes to diversity um, and being aggressive in that way. We still only have about 10% of construction workers are women. And mm -hmm. of the women in construction, 40% of them work in office or administrative support roles. So mm -hmm. there's this very obvious disparity when it comes to gender roles in construction that yeah. is not quite as obvious in, in other industries, but mm -hmm. there's still some systemic issues. Part of that has to do with when we're talking about small businesses, there's a lot more capital invested in um, a business that started by a male versus female. Mm -hmm. And as we hire support roles, people are more inclined to hire a female in a support role than a male in a support role. So there's some of those that we still have to overcome. But overall, um, what I want to rethink and dismantle is just the way that we're managing our, our administrators, whether they're male, female, either way. Um, statistics don't lie. But overall, if we rethink the way we manage them, it may be more attractive to a more diverse population than just having women who are applying for these administrative roles or administrative assistant, whatever you wanna call them. And another part of that is what we call them because words matter. Um, mm -hmm. We associate words with certain things. And in my role today, I review hundreds of resumes, mm -hmm. um, operational and administrative. Now, if I'm reviewing administrative resumes, I'm looking through all these resumes that have the experience of administrative assistant. And what I started to realize is a resume that says administrative assistant on this hand might be filing. Mm -hmm. And an administrative assistant on this hand might be something completely different, might be more of a strategic mm -hmm. business partner. Mm -hmm. So number one, we have to get a little bit more intentional with 
how we label our administrative assistants, our administrative support roles, because they're not all admin assistants. If we call them all admin assistants, we're doing a disservice to the people who have made a career out of being administrative professionals. Um, so it's, it's things like that, that if we rethink the way that we talk about them, and we also rethink the way that we delegate to them, then right. we can uplift the roles altogether. And then uplifting the roles, if I hear you correctly, it makes the roles more attractive also to different people in different fields, whether male or female, you know, whether, you know, white, black, Hispanic, um, you know, whatever your background may be. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, and I think it's a really good point, especially about the language, right? Because you're right, the words we use definitely do matter. And to use an overly broad term, like I have an assistant for someone, like you said, who might be following, which also is a skill, takes a lot of meticulous care and attention to detail. But someone who's keeping, you know, an, a negative CF, CEO or CFO on track, um, you know, with lots of their scheduling and calendar and even just uh, their tasks or you know, giving them feedback, um, being a liaison with their people waiting with them, you know, it, it's it's a different skill set and it's a different type of, of position. Um, so I hear your point, you know, I do. Um, and I hear, I think, talk about, you know, rethinking the way that we manage these admin assistants. Um, so I think it's a good point also. I, I think that, you know, also is that that sort of barrier you mentioned, you know, if you watch shows like Mad Men, you know, they always refer to the, the girl as the secretary, not even the woman per se, but which is wrong in and of itself, but that's another layer, you know, like, you know, calling somebody like, you know, the girl as, which in my mind is like a child, you know, like someone who's 11, not, you know, someone who's 35 or 40. Um, but I think, you know, certainly some good points there. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, how are, what are some ways, though, that we, that companies could perhaps, you know, take some practice steps, like how can they, you know, improve their, let's say their, their uh, training and overseeing of administrative assistance? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is rethinking the way that we view administration, because we don't want to think of it as a burden. So if we reframe the way that we think about it, when you think to yourself, I need an admin or I need an assistant, we need to stop thinking that way because we don't need an admin. We mm -hmm. just need people who can do administrative things. Right. And anyone can do administrative things. I mean, let me let me ask you, um, as an attorney, mm -hmm. do you do paperwork? I do, yes. <laughs> I do electronic filing of you know motions and documents that my paralegal doesn't always take care of. Yes, I definitely do my fair share of paperwork of administrative you know, as well as lawyering, you know, you know, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is a, a very special skill set and experience that and knowledge that you have that you bring mm -hmm. to your position. But if we view every position as having some administrative responsibility, that mm -hmm. then broadens this whole administrative burden. It's no longer a burden. It's just part of the job. And if everyone takes on their own administrative tasks that are relevant to what they're doing, and I'm not saying every single thing, but a relative portion of it, then it no longer falls all on the shoulders of one single admin assistant um, to bear the burden of all of the administration. So everyone needs to take some responsibility and ownership in their own administrative responsibilities, but then also the way that we are managed, the admin that are in our businesses, supporting our businesses to elevate them is really important. Um, and I know that we just have a little bit more time to a break, so I didn't want to okay, dive too deep right. into it. Yeah, no, that's fine. We can talk more about it when we come back from the break. You're right, we are at our next commercial break. Um, but um, you know, I think those are excellent points, there, Jamie, and I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, elaborating there. Um, Jamie's right, we're actually coming up on our next commercial break. Time flies when you're having fun. 
And um, you're listening to Employment Law Today with your host, Eric Sommer, and our guest tonight, Jamie Vanek, right here on Talk Radio NYC. Stay tuned. We'll talk more about some practice steps companies can take along the lines of improving their administrative model. And we'll talk about, you know, Jamie's book, Buried in uh, Business, um, Find, I'm sorry, Buried in Business, Find Freedom by Unlocking the Power of Your Admin Team. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere because we've got some great content. We'll be right back. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm here tonight with my guest, Ms. Jamie Vanek, and we're talking about her role in the construction industry, but also talking about um, stepping up one's admin game, really just redefining what it means to work with administrative assistants, what it means to, to acknowledge them, to work with them, um, you know, to define their roles. And you know, I know Jamie, you talked a little bit before the break, you talked about uh, businesses and, and business owners and people and companies taking ownership of parts of their administrative work. So it's not just all, you know, sort of dunked, as you say, onto an admin assistant. I think it's a great point. I think it's something that, you know, a lot of us small firm owners, you know, I've been, uh, you know, small firm for many years now, about 21 years, almost 22. And, um, you know, there's always, of course, delegation is key, but to be able to, to do things, to know what's involved, like, I feel like doing some of the administrative assistance work can help to really understand some of the mechanisms of all that your you know, support staff do. And, you know, one thing I always do is that um, I will sort of electronically file, e-file, it's called, in the federal and state courts, certain motions, you know, certain, you know, documents and such, because it's just something that, you know, it's important to do correctly. And some courts have very specific nuanced rules. And I have faith that my paralegal can do it. I really do. Um, but I also get a sense of satisfaction, you know, in handling that. And then I delegate other matters, you know, to, to her. So it's funny I say her, actually, interesting, right? Look at the people and roles. But, 
Um, you know, I like your point about people kind of stepping up, taking on some admin to alleviate the risk of burnout for their help. And also, I think it helps them to understand what people do and even understand their own roles, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I am, interestingly enough, I've talked to some administrative professionals who have said things like, I can't take a day off because the whole office will fall apart without me. Mm -hmm. um, and that should never be the case. All of that burden should never be on one person's shoulders. Everyone should have a, enough understanding that if someone takes a day off, you can all still stay afloat mm -hmm. um, because it's just, it's not practical. It's not scalable. It's not realistic or sustainable right. to have all of that responsibility on one person's shoulders. And when those situations arise, it really comes down to that the rest of the team have shoved all of their administrative work onto the single person instead of owning part of it, or at least understanding how it's done so that in their absence, they can still carry on. Mm. Um, and I think that a couple of things that companies can do, I would say two things, one clarity, number two, delegation. You mentioned delegation. Um, clarity, number one, there's a lot of messiness and scrappiness that happens in small businesses, especially when it comes to administrative functions, because you may be hiring someone that's not necessarily an HR professional or an accounting person, but they have enough skills to kind of get by when the company is small and it gets very messy. And as the company grows, you need a little bit more expertise. You need, need a little bit more clarity on who is responsible for what. So getting clarity and taking inventory of what your company needs and what skills you currently have and what skills you may still need to acquire is number one. Um, number two is a delegation. Yeah. People don't understand what delegation really is. They say, oh, well, I tell this person what to do and that's delegation, but that's not delegation. Mm -hmm. Real delegation, if you look up the definition of dele delegation, it is the act of empowering someone to act on your behalf. So mm -hmm. the key word there is empowering. If you are not empowering that person to make decisions or to have authority within parameters, then you are not properly delegating. There always has to be an element of empowerment. So you figure out, gain the clarity, you figure out what those parameters really are, and then you empower your team to make decisions within the parameters. And then something really magical happens. Um, they step up, you no longer have to micromanage every little aspect of the business, and it really creates a much more inclusive environment, an environment where people feel like they are growing and they're being trusted and they have some autonomy um, in their role. Yeah, those are good points, because I think everyone needs to feel some sense of empowerment, autonomy, agency, right, that you know, they're not just sort of, you know, um, like a robot being told, you know, program what to do in some rote fashion, um, you know, it, I think it's very important. I think that, and you're right, I think, you know, that whether in that, that goes for admin, that goes for, you know, associates that might work for you. Um, it goes for middle management and upper management that employees need to feel as if they're empowered. And I, I dare say trusted, right? You know, to, to build their confidence. You know, if you're telling your administrative assistant, you know, he or she or they, you know, that, you know, like you trust them with, here's what you need to do. And, you know, you figure out this to make this happen. Um, I think it helps their true talent come out. And if you just say, here, do this this way, you know, do this A, B, C, and D. Um, I think people tend to think of themselves, right? Less as sort of just, you know, a mechanical arm of what their boss says. So I think that's interesting. I, I guess that's something you've, you've experienced and seen working in construction in, um, in terms of the admin assistants being empowered? Have you seen that happen in, in certain 
progressive companies? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, the company that I'm, I currently work in um, has set a very exemplary exemplary example. That's redundant, but <laughs> they've been very exemplary in the way that they've managed yeah. all of their teams, but also, but especially the administrative teams, because number one, they did have an administrative expectation of every single person on the team, not just mm -hmm. the administrative professionals. But number two, they gave the autonomy autonomy and authority to everyone on the team, regardless if you were the lowest person on the corporate ladder or the highest person on the corporate ladder. When I first joined um, the company that I'm currently in, there were there were some processes in place. It was still a very young company. And when I would ask the question, hey, this is this is just not the most efficient way to do this. Can I change it? The <clears throat> answer to me was you can change anything that makes sense for what you need to do. Mm. And that right there was so empowering to yes. know whether it was as as simple as changing a spreadsheet or as large as making a decision about how a process is going to be run. Um, it was very empowering and that by itself made me feel like I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, that confidence, you know, that, you know, that, that sense of high morale, you know, must have been really something to experience, you know, compared to what you may have had the other company years back, you know. Um, no, I think that's, you know, that, that's really interesting, Jamie, really is. I think, you know, to tell someone that you can do what you need to, change what you need to do to, to make sense of the situation, or to make things work, right, to um, whatever makes sense to you, rather, just make things work. Um, you know, I think that, and that whole thing about delegation, it's interesting, too, because what you're saying, it's, it's a little, it's a different spin than a lot of people will talk about like in leadership books, you know, they'll, you know, say if you want to climb the ladder, you know, delegate, delegate, you know, um, you know, get help, uh, get anything off your shoulders, don't quote unquote waste non-billable time. And, you know, I think it's kind of a, it's a, maybe a flawed belief that, you know, anything you do that's not under your billable hour rate is a waste. I know that happens a lot of times in law firms and, you know, colleagues of mine I see talk about how um, that are firm are not allowed to do any kind of admin work because it's just their time is too precious you know and um you know again if you burn out your admin administrative staff and they can't function and then that comes back to hurt you and your firm and also you're not really learning what to do in terms of that model you're talking about taking on some responsibility you know for your own administrative help um i think that's an interesting point and then just the idea that we have any clarity about who does what and when and that there's some elasticity in the roles people can grow i think that's really important um you know it kind of brings me to you like you have a model that you developed right correct is that your is it admittedly is that your is that your brainchild is it like a model or is it something that you come across and and implemented yeah so that is something that i i formulated. Mm -hmm. um, as I was writing my book, Buried in Business, this was a structure that I had been using kind of innately um, in my leadership style. And, and to put it into words and to put it into a metaphorical model yeah. brought it to life for me. And it made it easier for me to communicate how we benefited from certain leadership styles in a way that was very specific to administrative professionals. Now you can use this model for anybody really, mm -hmm. but it, it comes in handy for administrative professionals because it prevents them from getting pigeonholed. It prevents them from hitting this metaphorical glass ceiling. And it brings that it brings new opportunities because let's be honest, business world right now is not what it was 30 years ago. When yeah. my parents were working, you know, my dad was in the same company for 30 years. That doesn't happen very often anymore. Right. 
people will job hop a lot. And mm-hmm. the number one reason, according to Sherm, and I think this was 2017, and I would I would argue that it's probably still true. The number one reason that people leave companies mm-hmm. is because they are looking for career development. And if you can't offer some sort of career development within your own company, you're going to lose people. Um, there are certain people that maybe they're approaching their retirement, so they're really not looking for that explosive growth that someone that's just entering the workforce would. But yeah. overall, if you have someone that is in a stagnant role and they still have some time left in their, in the workforce, you're probably going to lose them because they're going to look for some sort of career development or challenge. And that doesn't always come in the form of, of a promotion, but just some sort of responsibility, um, that, that trust factor, that delegation factor, they need to feel like they're contributing to something bigger than themselves. Um, so that that's why it is very important. And when I sat down to wrote my, write my book, I knew I wanted to tell my story, but let's be honest, not many people really care about little old Jamie in Virginia and what my story is. So I needed to bring it to the public in a way that was helpful, mm-hmm. that could take my story, take my experiences, mm-hmm. formulate it into something that was transferable and helpful for them. So that's when I really put a, a structure around the Adminovate model um, and put it in the book, Buried in Business. And what it does, it just breaks it down very, very simply mm-hmm. um, into the metaphor of a house. You know, you, you picture a brand new startup and they hire an administrative assistant, you picture them in an empty room in a house (laughs) and they have windows around the outside of the house and the windows represent all the information that's gonna come into their house that they have to process. Mm -hmm. Now in the beginning, the owner or the manager whips by like a tornado and just stirs everything up in their house and they leave and the admin's just kind of left there in this mess trying to make sense of it all. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to prevent. We're going to give some tools to the managers in the way that they delegate to their administrative assistants or other assistants that mm. does not leave them in the wake of this never ending tornado. Hmm. So it's like, it doesn't involve um, slowing down in terms of presenting tasks like one at a time or presenting challenges to solve. Is that part of the model? It's, it's not necessarily presenting one at a time, but it's in the way that we teach and the authority that we give to those um, professionals because mm-hmm. we have to understand exactly which workflows they're responsible for, what decisions they have the authority to make, where their growth trajectory is. And I'll tell you a quick story before we go into break here sure, um, sure. about Fine. why it is important to invest in this kind of management. I'm going to tell you a silly story about um, my dishwasher. So I'm very particular about the way that I load my dishwasher. And I have three kids, 13, seven, and two. Uh And I think I'm doing a great job because they all put their stuff in the dishwasher, right? So I'm like, Uh oh, I'm being a great parent. All my kids put their stuff in the dishwasher. (laughs) However, what I find is that before I run the dishwasher, I reorganize the entire thing because all they've done is put it in the dishwasher because I have not given them the parameters that they need about how I want it put in the dishwasher. So I think I'm doing a great job by having them put it in there, but really I'm just creating more work for myself because I have to redo it all. Um, And that just translates to we take the time that we need to teach our people the correct parameters and ways that we want things done. And then we empower them to make decisions. So yes, you can put it in this row or you can put it in this row, but you can't put the cup right side up or it'll fill with water. You know, those are the parameters we're talking about. So they have some, they have some decisions that they can make and authority that they can have, but they're at the end going to do it the way that you need it done. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great analogy, great metaphor and a great uh, segue to our break. So we're going to take another commercial break. 
When I come back, we'll be talking more with Jamie Vanek. We're talking about you know, being buried in business and stepping up your admin game and reevaluating it. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Jamie and her book. And um, so stick around to talk to NYC. You're listening to or watching Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, Employment Law Business Law Attorney here in New York. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, Employment Law Business Law Attorney here in New York. Our guest tonight, Ms. Jamie Vanek from Virginia, um, talking about uh, administration and stepping up our admin game and breaking stigmas and redefining roles. And I think it's been, so far, it's been a really interesting and it's innovative conversation, Jamie. So I'm really enjoying uh, our topic and I'm really grateful you know, for all your contributing as far as the show. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation so far. The time has flown by. It has. And we still have some time left. We've got about nine minutes. So don't, uh, don't anyone go anywhere just yet. Um, those listening and watching back home. Um, I wanted to ask you, Jamie, a little bit about your book. You know, tell us about your book, um, you know, um, Buried in Business, Find Freedom by Unlocking the Power of Your Admin Team. You told us a bit already throughout the show. You gave us insight into how you brought stories out, you know, um, while you wrote it, but anything else you want to share, you know, feel free to share like any um, interesting stories from the book, you know, anecdotes or your writing process or whatever you want. The floor is yours for a bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, gosh, when you when someone sets up to write a book, the writing part isn't even the hard part. It's the marketing because you are putting all <laughs> of your information out there, your story is out there. 
And it is, it becomes very personal. You know, it's like having a, a baby, you know, it is, it's incredibly, I've had three, so I know, I know the comparison's not exactly <laughs> one to one there, right. but it really does become your baby in the sorts. Um, and it's, it's just a really interesting process, but I wanted to get my story out there in a way that was going to be helpful. Like I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. I want it to be as entertaining mm -hmm. as it is, um, you know, thought provoking and helpful and tactical. That was the other thing. I really, really wanted it to be tactical. So throughout the book, every single chapter starts with a personal story, goes into how the model relates to that story and ends with something really practical that you can do that day to start elevating your admin team. And I'll pick something in it that is, is interesting. So there are all these different aspects of the house. I go through seven different aspects of the house. You have the front door, how they're hired, um, the different windows, which are the different workflows that they participate mm -hmm. in. Um, the address of the house is the purpose and the thermometer is the temperament, the personality of the person that's within the house and what they bring to the role. And then there's bracing the house, which is mentorship and support and new doors, which is new opportunities. So I step through all those different aspects of the house. And one, one interesting part is something that it's almost like a sub chapter. It's not a real part of the house, but it's something that's really interesting. It's the garden. So every, if, if a house has a garden outside, that mm. garden is beautiful. It really adds to the pleasure of the house. However, it has nothing to do with the structural support of the house. So whether that garden goes away or stays there, the house still stands strong. But when you add a garden to your administrative professionals house, what that do is it gives them a passion project. So for example, this show is not part of your responsibilities as an attorney, but it is a passion project for you. So it's, it's a garden for your house in the Adminivate model. And that garden really gives something to that person that they can own. Um, it's something that they can pursue and that's supported by the company. Now, if that person decides, hey, I'm not going to do this passion project anymore. I, I don't have time or I'm done. It doesn't affect their role. Their mm -hmm. role can still stand strong. It's, yeah. a, it's a personal choice and it's something that can be um, supported by the company with some buy-in. You know, you can't say, well, I'm going to take 10 hours out of my day every single week or out of my work <laughs> week to pursue this passion project outside of my regular responsibilities. Mm -hmm. there's, there's some give and take there. But if we can support yeah. those passion projects, it develops skills outside of their regular responsibilities. Um, so if you have, you know, something like a podcast or a show that they're doing, they're developing communication skills yes. um, and that can benefit them in their, their regular role as well. Yeah. You know, it's a good thought, you know, having a passion project for your administrative assistants, you know, your help, your, your you know, your staff, secretaries, aides, whatnot, um, and your other different employees in different fields as well. I think it's a good point that, you know, the, the role can stand without, like, I can still, I still practice employment law, business law, you know, litigation, mediation, compliance without the show and have done so before the show. But the show, it also makes me more well-rounded in employment and employment law and in very uh, sort of peripheral issues or tangential issues that are, you know, very much like connected to what my clients face. So it's, it's, it's very educational for me, as much as for my clients and listeners. Um, and I think, you know, the idea that we can have passion projects at work for, for people that we wouldn't normally think to have. We wouldn't normally think to encourage our admin assistant, you know, to, to take on a podcast or, um, or take on some uh, creative role. 
Um, but I have known people who have been in those roles of, let's say, administrative assistant secretary, and then they're given, you know, like a research project to do, um, or an artistic, or like a big creative presentation, and they just, they thrive and shine, and then they end up, you know, transferring to like, you know, the, the marketing department, you know. Um, so I think it's kind of what I maybe hear from you with that house garden metaphor. Yeah, yeah that, that's a perfect example. I mean, that's even better than the example that I was given because it really resulted in something, some growth for, for that professional, which mm. I imagine would also benefit the, the company as a whole. Um, and I'll just give one other teaser from the book is sure. another part of the house is the purpose. Um, the purpose is really the address of the house. It's that outward signal of what that house is really about. Where does it reside and what are they responsible for? What kind of information can you expect out of this house? Um, and the example that I give in the book is you have, let's say you have a bookkeeper, um, someone mm -hmm. that does some accounting and they have to process payroll, they have to do accounts payable, they have to do accounts receivable, they have to pay the taxes. Well, you can write a five paragraph essay about all those different things that they do, but the address is not a five paragraph essay. The address is like a one sentence that filters information that's coming into this house so that person knows what their primary purpose is. Mm -hmm. So in the example that I give, the primary purpose is to make sure everyone gets paid. That includes your vendors, it includes your people in payroll, it includes making sure the company gets paid with AR. So if their mm -hmm. primary purpose is just to make sure everyone gets paid correctly and on time, they can then filter information that's coming to them through that to decide, is this something that really belongs within my role or am I just doing it just because? Um, and as companies grow and they can gain that kind of clarity and give people that, um, it, it's, it's really power to have that filter to filter things through. Um, then wow. it, it really helps gain clarity and structure within the organization. Excellent, Jamie. We've got about 90 seconds to the uh, to, for us on our show. So what I'll do is I'm going to just share with our uh, audience tonight. I'm sharing your um, contact information, continue the conversation for, um, with, with Jamie. Um, you can connect with Jamie at uh, on LinkedIn. Um, you can also visit jamievanek.com, right? That's J-A-M-I-E, Vanek, V as in Victor, A-N-E-K.com. Um, so you can see it on the screen there. And um, yeah, Jamie, you know, I want to thank you so much for, let me stop my share screen there. There we go. Thank you for being part of the show tonight. You know, it's been great having you on, great um, just having the experience. And, you know, just to let our audience know if you like the show, you know, like what you've seen, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your clients to tune in uh, Tuesday nights, uh, 5 p.m. to talk about NYC. Um, I'm your host, Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney out in New York. And once again, Jamie, we want to thank you for, you know, just sharing your 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 insights, your um, your work, your efforts, and and talking about this topic that I think is often underrepresented and not really talked about. So I want to thank you again, and I want to wish you and everyone listening tonight a wonderful night, and and thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Just find me at Jamie Vanek on LinkedIn. And thank you so much for having me, Eric. It was a blast. Yeah, and a lot of fun too. All right, thank you, Jamie. And everyone at home on talk, uh, listening to the show on Talk Radio NYC, have a great evening. And um, until next time, take care. see.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 